For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. Now here's those boyhood friends. Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs> hey, you guys. What's going on? It's episode number 163 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios right here on the shores of Lake Union. And boy, is my butt sweaty right Man, now. Man, you are in an athletic stance right now. Yeah, I am. Anyway, uh, I told my son the other day, I went, hey, my, I'm... This is my absolute favorite time of year. Who thought it was going to be 80 degrees like in October, right? And he's like, hey, you're the dumb-dumb with pants on. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That is true. I am (laughs) the dumb-dumb with pants on. So, Is your son a shorts all year round guy? He is. I think every year. I I know my friend Matt, uh, Matt Wesson, shout out to him. He listens to the podcast. Shorts all year round. It can be two degrees outside. He had the Converse All-Stars, the shorts, and he would wear like a jacket or a sweatshirt up top, but it was like... This ran hot always. Matt would or his kids would? Matt does. I oh, think Matt. to this day he still wears he? shorts. He's like 50. I love that. He still wears shorts in the Converse one, the ones All-Stars. <laughs> and pretty sure soon he'll have that shirt we all will that your father has with the four pockets up front. Right? The Tommy Bahamas. Why not? Why didn't you? And you got the shoe sandal going and the hat. Yeah, and the bifocal glasses. God, I love it. Anyway. Hey, coming up on the on the Ron and Don show, Ron, you're going to share something that is kind of cool, and it's a segment that I really appreciate. It seems like a lot of people have given up on 2020, even, even people that I have great respect for uh, that I consider uh, to be very enthusiastic and super positive. It, you... Look on their Facebook page, uh, and it'll just say, "Hey, 2020 sucks," and it's it it it's hard to argue with that. But you're going to kind of argue with that today, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm going to get to that. I, I had a, a deal today when I was out running the stairs, and I saw this. It looked like a dark tunnel of trees, and I was like, "God, that just that feels like." 2020 except there were some rays of light that broke through this dark tunnel uh, and i was like yeah i mean it's pretty good I'm, I'm, I'm alive i'm out here running the stairs in the morning it's a beautiful sunrise today and uh it just made me feel a little optimistic cool all right so ron's gonna share that uh we come back also we want you to meet a friend of ours uh her name is debbie rosenfeld i reached out to debbie a couple weeks ago because uh, i had someone reach out to me and said hey we have a family friend uh, he was a firefighter, and he just took his life. Uh, this got to be too much. Uh, we know of other first responders. Think about what it's like for them right now. Uh, there's a great hatred for cops right now around America. And as a result of that, some police officers have taken their lives. Uh, and some of the things that have been said on social media when they've done so are just shocking and sickening to me. Anyway. A lot of us have feelings right now that we've never had before, and we don't know what to do with those feelings. We don't know who to talk to. We don't know who to co- have a conversation with. And so when this young widow through a friend reached out to me and said, hey, what, what should I do? My husband just took his life. What can I do? Who should I talk to? Uh, I reached out to Debbie Rosenfeld, and I put her in touch with Debbie. You're going to hear from Debbie next, and Debbie has a real incredible story. Her son, Kenny, a number of years ago, he took his life. And as a result of that, she started an organization called From the Heart. We'll talk to Debbie 
from the heart and we'll have a conversation from the heart and also we'll make sure we end things on a positive note as ron says hey you know what let's not give up on 2020 yet you guys it's the ron and don show episode 163 only on the ron and don radio network when it comes to your real estate journey it truly is one of life's biggest transactions if you're downsizing upsizing or right sizing ron and don can help you buy sell or invest in real estate it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. That's what Heather and Juan Carlos did. We lived in Redmond and the kids went to school there. We loved it. We loved it. So we were super worried about leaving, but I, it just had to happen. Ron and Don proposed a sit down. So they came over to our house and they could tell that I was like super excited and ready to go and frenzied and breathless. And they could tell right away that Juan Carlos was like measured and careful. They came super prepared and they came more in learning mode writing what was important to each of us. I want to look at the data and the details. I don't, it, for me, it's a big investment and I don't want to rush into things. And they were quick to see that, even though I never told them. Uh, and I really appreciated that. This house popped up. As soon as we saw it, Ron and Don were here. <laughs> the market was super hot right then. And so there were a lot of people clamoring for it. We were just such beginners that we didn't know that we would be able to compete in that kind of a field. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to The Ron and Don Show. Uh, something that we always did when we were on terrestrial radio uh, is we saw people in drive time jumping for bridges. And what we were told to do is to not talk about it. And the thought was when people jump from a bridge, they get attention, they get on the news. And then what we find out is somebody else looks at that and says, I want that kind of attention. I'll go jump from a bridge too. And you know what we found out is that wasn't necessarily always true. What we found out is sometimes when people are in a mindset where they're going to take their life, sometimes it's you or I or a very special guest we're going to talk to here in a moment. If we're brave, if we have the courage, if we have the lights on, if we're mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even physically aware, sometimes we can meet people uh, where they're at and we can talk them down from the physical bridge or the figurative bridge. Join us right now, uh, Debbie Rosenfeld. Uh, she has a website, DebbieRosenfeld.com. She's a grief expert, you guys. And her son uh, took his life and she even had another family member take his life a number of weeks ago. Go to DebbieRosenfeld.com to find out more about her story. She's a chaplain for Snohomish South County Fire, and uh, she is a grief expert. She's the CEO and the founder of From the Heart. Debbie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having one of these impossible hard conversations with us. And tell us a little bit about your story and about your journey uh, and why you founded From the Heart. Thank you, Don, and thank you both for having me. Um, so it was back in 2008. Um, I actually lost um, my son to um, suicide, and uh, it, he was um, 
living in Arizona at the time, had a home, um, was working for Lockheed Martin at the time, but um, he was struggling, but he didn't necessarily share that verbally with us. And we found out um, after he had um, died by suicide in all his um, journals that he left for us of um, his experience and what he was struggling with. And, and he was questioning even himself, the, um, the lows and the highs that he was experiencing if he should have been on some kind of medication, but he never sought help. And, um, and um, as a mom, you would think that there would be signs. Um, and um, the last time I actually talked to him was on December 6th and just reached out to him just to chat because I was down in um, San Diego for business and he was very upbeat and telling me that, hey mom, I'm really excited. I'm gonna be coming to Seattle home for Christmas next year. Got it all worked out. You know, and I said, great Kenny. And then um, December 20th occurred and it was uh, pouring down snow here. And um, the, uh, my other son, Brian, just opened a business. And so the police couldn't find us here at home. So they had to go down to the business and um, Brian called me and said, hey, mom, the police are looking for you. And I, I thought I was in trouble or something, <laughs> but um, it ended up being, um, it was just uh, letting us know that um, I had lost my son to hmm. suicide. Very difficult, very difficult day. Yeah. We're going to come back to Kenny's story in a moment. The reason why Kenny's story is so important and Debbie's story is so important, the information that she's going to share with us is so important, is a number of weeks ago, I reached out to Debbie. And the reason I reached out to Debbie is one of my friends of 25 years said, hey, uh, I have a girlfriend and her husband worked at a local fire department. I'm not going to say which one. Uh, but a number of weeks ago, during COVID-19, uh, during the riots, uh, the, the, everything that's happening in this country, in this city, uh, with the elections and again, the pandemic, it just got to be too much. And he ended up taking his life. I know of a first responder, another city that we uh, worked in, uh, in full uniform, ended up uh, taking his life. There is a lot of pressure right now on a lot of people. There's a lot of pressure on a lot of first responders. There's a lot of pressure on all of us. And as a result of that, you guys, we may be, have, be having thoughts right now that we've never even had before. We've never had these thoughts before. And now we're in a position where we don't know how to reach out to ask for help or even have these really tough and difficult conversations. Debbie, we were talking away from the microphone and you said one of the reasons why you call your organization from the heart, it, well, elaborate on that. Why yeah, is it from the heart? Yeah, CEO from the heart. So um, first off, when my son died, I was working in corporate America. And I said, um, and you know, when you're working in corporate America, you get three days of bereavement. And I said, whoever, who in the heck ever came up with that rule or, mm. you know, and, and the thing is, the reality is there's no way that one person um, that has just experienced any kind of death, but a tragic death um, is going to just take three days away. And so when the day um, I ended up going back to work, um, 
I committed to following my heart instead of listening to what society and corporate America says to do. And then in 2015, I started um, CEO from the heart because what I wanted to convey is there are businesses out there with heart. And, um, and so it's about, you know, sharing that, but also living that as well. So, so I got to ask you this year, and I actually posted something about this today on my social medias has been relentless. Yes. And uh, I think the thing that is grinding people down is so much of it is out of our control. Mm -hmm. uh, so much of it is happening to us collectively. And sometimes it feels like individually from a grief perspective or from, you know, your expertise in, in your life story, what, what's your message to people that it feels like I can't take one more kick to the gut here. It's just nonstop over and over. And then even the little things start to feel like big things. Yeah, I hear that a lot as well. And so um, this is where self-care comes in and also um, not listening to the myths and what other people are saying. The first thing is, I would say, is listen. Listen inside of what's going on inside of you and don't shove it away because that's what we tend to do um, and society does it as well. We want to make sure that everybody is good. When I say, well, how are you doing? You say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But are you really fine? Mm. And so it's, having that heart-to-heart -heart conversation and taking the time to listen and really deeply ask an individual, how are you doing? But we also have to create a safe environment, a safe way for people to share honestly and to say, um, I'm not feeling so hot. And then the other person, the listener, doesn't have to fix anything. It's just listening, having that deeper connection, and, and even asking, is there something that I can do? Is there something that you need? Well, talk a little more about that, because for the first half of my life, I was empty advice guy. Hey, keep your head up, you know, charge on forward, like, don't give up, like the little bumper sticker slogans. Uh, and I've tried to really pivot in the second half of my life so far and just kind of go stop and acknowledge that what you're feeling is big. I don't have answers. Like I've even said that when some, you're writing a condolence card to someone, it's like, I wish I had some pithy answer here. It's just going to hurt like hell for a while. Yeah, uh, exactly. And so can you talk a little bit about people like me that want to solve, you want to jump in there and be part of the solution and everything you do seems phony or shallow or scary or like it's not really helping. Yeah. So the first thing is people just want to know that you care. Right. And so just acknowledging, I know this really sucks. It doesn't feel good. And I'm really sorry. I love you. And I'm here for you. You need someone to cry. You need a shoulder to cry on. I'm here. You need some chicken soup. 
I'm here. If you need a beer, I'm here. And then you just got to leave it there. That's the hard part. That's right. You're not there to fix. I'll, I'll share a little story. I'll never forget the day of my um, son's service. We had two, and, one, and the last one was here in Seattle. And my best friend, I was sitting on the couch, and um, she just came and sat right by me. She didn't say anything. She, didn't, she knew she didn't have to fix anything. She just sat right by me. And it, I don't know, there was just this calming presence, this groundedness that felt, I felt seen and heard and known that she, she knew she couldn't fix anything, but having her right by my side, that really helped a lot. Yeah. I think what's really hard right now is I'm a hugger. And I didn't realize how much of a hugger I am until I wasn't allowed to hug anymore. Uh, and my son was just having an, an issue this morning with school. And we we're having a hard time just staying online with the teacher. And, and I know the teacher is flustered. The parents are flustered. The kids are flustered. And, um, and he just looked at me when we got kicked off. And you get a third of the kids odd and you lose a third and just... And he just, he was, it, it's so much. And you get so tired as a fifth grader of just trying to stay online and, and learn something. And I said, you know what he and I need right now is we just need to grab our dog and we need to go for a walk. But before we do that, we just need to hug each other right now and just have, I just held him as long as he wanted to be held. Yeah. And it was a long time and I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was something that I needed too. Yeah. I haven't been held like that in a long time. And I think for the people that we can hug, for the people that we can touch, for the people that we can be close to, um, we should be close to them. We should be close to them right now and, and, and not be afraid not be afraid to step over that line like your friend did when she came and she sat on the couch with you, right? Yeah. Hugging is so important. I too am a hugger and I have my mask on and I ask the people that like to hug as well, may I, is it okay if I hug you? And they say yes. And so it's doing it certainly with safety right now, but you know, I hug my son, I hug my husband, um, you know, and the close friends that feel comfortable enough. Um, because touch is so important. It's very healing. So, Debbie, uh, in, in the days gone by, this is where Don and I would give out the number for the suicide prevention hotline or talk about you could reach out to a professional counselor. Um, this year seems different. Even if we're not an expert, is there something we can do to our inner circle of people? Yeah. Yeah, great question. And, you know, I, I, I wanted for us to have this conversation just because it's not had very often, right? You don't talk about it. And so it's what can we do? It's just reaching out and really being sincere and asking. You know, when someone reaches out to you and says, how are you doing? Answer and share 
if you're not if you're having a bad day just saying I'm not feeling so hot right now I'm just in an emotional low right now and it's okay it's okay for us to be in an emotional low and let that be we don't have to fix it but you will come back to neutral or where you're feeling a little bit better um, you know some other things that you know it's like I said earlier if someone says hey you want to go grab a beer or can we just sit and meet for a minute for a few minutes just to, to talk I think what we're missing is the deeper conversations the connections right because used to being able to go out and connect with each other and we're just longing for that like um, Don was saying earlier just recognizing how you needed a hug in that moment just do it hmm. just do what you need to do to take care of you in a healthy way if it's exercise going for a walk in mother nature I've been doing that a lot just because I need that for myself taking a hot bath um, you know something um, I've been my girlfriend's son is down in college down in Oregon and and he plays football and I said well are they playing football ball now and she said no she says but what's different is that they are still having the kids you know um, exercise practice um, they're you know taking care of them mentally as well so mental wellness as well as physical exercise checking in on the kids so let's check in on each other I'm gonna ask you three questions uh, Debbie Rosenfeld joins us Debbie Rosenfeld.com if you want to reach out to her find out more about her story and again she's a CEO from the heart and she's the founder of CEO from the heart she's a grief grief expert did you blame yourself <laughs> about um, Kenny about about Kenny uh, I had someone reach out and say, hey, I should have known. I should have seen it coming. I should have stepped in. I didn't. And I'm profoundly sad, but I also feel profoundly, I feel this profound guilt. And sometimes survivors, you feel that way, right? How have you dealt with that? Yeah. So I, what I felt guilty about is not flying out to see him on December 6th after my trip down in San Diego for business. But then I went, you know, as I saw my grief counselor, there was some logic that was put to that. How would you know that you needed to go out and see him or check in on him? Because he didn't give me the signs. But when I arrived to his home, I saw the signs. Hmm. So um, that, and that's where I guess beating myself up because I live here in Washington and he lived in Arizona. Um, would it have changed anything? No. But yes, there was some um, beating up. I was beating myself up by saying, why didn't I fly out to see him on December 6th? Yeah. When honestly, I wouldn't have. What do you miss the most about Kenny? His voice <laughs> and his laugh. Yeah. Why do you do he this? He gave great hugs. Go ahead. He gave great <laughs> hugs. I yeah. stepped on that. Gave great hugs. Why do you do this work today? My third question. Mm 
You okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. Okay. I do this work because if there's one person's life that we can change, make a difference, it's being that it's called a ministry of presence. It's being present with someone because we miss out when we're not. And so it's just touching one life. I won't know if I do, and that's okay, but I, I'm choosing to live my life differently because of a tragedy. I've always wanted to know what my, why I'm here on earth, and I know why I'm here, and that's to serve and to help others. Yeah. Chaplain Rosenfeld, thank you for being here. You, you are brave because you've been around something that is profoundly one of the hardest things uh, for us humans that are left behind. Um, and I remember being in high school, and later on I'd find out uh, as I went into college and in my 20s that a girl that I dated ended up taking her life. And, um, and I remember feeling all these feelings but having no one to talk to about it because you just didn't talk about those things. And you're making it okay and you're making it safe for us to have these conversations and to talk about these things and to also share Kenny's story. So thanks for your courage. Thanks for your bravery. Uh, thousands of people will hear this message and I have to believe uh, it's going to impact some lives and I bet save some too. So I'm going to give you a final say, Debbie, including if people want to reach out to you and uh, tell you about their story. Yeah. Well, and I just want to thank you both for um, being so open-hearted in having this conversation. Feel free to reach out to me, um, to my email, and that is uh, just debbie at debbierosenfeldt.com. And um, uh, you, know, you can find me on Facebook as well, but just if you have a story, you can private message me. It's just, um, it's, I know it's heartbreaking. I know people are having a really hard time right now. If you just need somebody to listen, reach out to one of your friends, reach out to one of your family members. And if you don't feel comfortable without, I'm here to listen. Wow. Just awesome. Thank you. And thanks for putting on lipstick today, even though we're, we're I, I love that. Debbie went out, she got her own microphone because she's, she's a big shot now on a podcast. And then you put on lipstick just for this broadcast today, didn't It's you? gloss. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm turning all red. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, our thanks to you. We appreciate you, okay? Thank you both very all much. Right. It's the Ronda Don Show. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, our whole economy is directly affected by technology, right? One of the big technology hubs now, along with San Francisco and places up in Canada. Here's the thing. There's a great, great podcast you should check out. 
It's called Geek Wire, right? What is Geek Wire? Yeah, Geek Wire is right here in, in Seattle. It covers everything you need to know about tech, and it interprets it for you because a lot of times you're like, I have no idea what that means. So if you like our, our podcast, we invite you to check out Geek Wire. You can subscribe to Geek Wire for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Check out Geek Wire. Listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> All right, you guys. Once again, uh, it's the Ron and Don Show live from the Les Schwab Studios. Thanks for listening to Debbie. Uh, and if you want to reach out to Debbie, uh, you can do that. Just go to DebbieRosenfeld.com. You can learn more about her story. You know what's remarkable to me about that is I think most people, if they deal with a tragedy of that magnitude, you want to run as far away from grief as humanly possible. And the paradox, I think, is when you, you listen to Debbie and you see sort of the, the, the life that she leads now, and, and you and I have, have kind of learned this over the years, many times when you turn and you feel run towards the storm instead of running away from the storm the it, in the short term it's very difficult but long term it is very helpful so, so the fact that she chose and was compelled in a way when experiencing such a profound grief to say i'm going to turn into the grief and what better person to be a shoulder to lean on or to cry on, as she said, uh, than someone who's walked that same path mm. and to be sort of filled up by that. I find that really remarkable because I don't think I would have the strength to do that uh, in that situation. I think I would spend the rest of my life if I had a child that, that took their life trying to escape that grief yeah. and do anything and everything I could to escape that. So I just... That's, that's a really, really remarkable thing that she's done. Yeah, and that's why sometimes you see suicide in families generationally. Uh, and it's because of that. Because you're, you're, you're trying to escape that trauma. And the trauma, it ends up attaching itself to your heart. And in some ways, it can attach itself to your family. Mm. And, and you have to break those shackles of that trauma. And the way to do that, like you said, Ron, beautifully and stoically is to turn into it, lean into it, sit in it, whatever you need to do. You just can't sit there forever. So anyway, I, I good friend of ours, common friend. Uh, he's a phenomenal photographer. And he broke something the other day. His arm, his leg, he broke something. And anyway, he was online and goofing off and he put up the middle finger. Uh, and because he's Hispanic, it was a brown middle finger, which I thought was very funny. And then he was like, hey, 2020 sucks. And then he put out all these pictures of things that have happened in 2020 that really do suck. I, and, and Objectively suck. Yeah, yes. and, so, and so sometimes, even with Debbie, I mean, we shouldn't sit here and say, wow, 2020 has been great because that's not being honest, right? We have to acknowledge that this has been a very hard year for all of us uh, collectively. It just is humankind. It has been very, very difficult and it's been very, very hard. But at the same time, at the same time, I think we need to leave room for October, November, December, 
because 2020 is not done yet. Yeah, I put this on my uh, on my Facebook and Instagram this morning. I was out running the stairs. And by running, that's in air quotes. Do not picture in your mind someone running. I, 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 I meandered up and down the, the staircase that goes to the top of Queen Anne. And uh, when I'm coming back down, there was, I was the only one on the trail. It was very early this morning. And it, there was this what looked like a dark tunnel through this halo of trees. But there were a couple of shards of light that went through. And so I took a picture of it. I thought it was a, just a cool picture. Plus, I needed a breather. Uh, and then I posted this. And hopefully, I'm getting pretty good response on it. That makes me happy. I know it's all the rage right now to completely write off 2020 as a total disaster. While I'm not denying that this has been a handful of a year, I'd like to start a thread of some silver linings. I'll go first. One, Don and I took this stay-at-home order as an opportunity to really work on the fundamentals of our new business. It's paying off. Two, I started a weekly Zoom call with a close friend in California. We are closer than ever now, and we've been there to support each other. Three, I took the leap to realize my dream of developing a tiny house up on the river. That's been challenging and also rewarding. A great summer of campfires and s'mores. And four, my big brother visited me twice this year because our Italy trip was canceled. We've had a great time both times he came to visit. What's your silver lining for 2020. And so people are jumping in and they're talking about uh, new jobs that they took, about vacations that they that they did, about spending time more time in their garden, about uh, going out to a gazebo every day and reading and having a cup of coffee, uh, laughing with their family members, um, you know, doing things that are kind of mundane, but in a good way, like taking that time uh, to just really focus on the things you can control. Then that to me has been the other realization I had today is like, I can't control the election. I can't control f- f- wildfires. I can't control a, a pandemic. I can't control whether or not the state of Washington is in phase one, two, three, or four. But there are a lot of things I can control. And there's a lot of things I can partially control. And uh, I was listening to a, a book on tape and he talked about if, if you're going to a tennis match, you cannot guarantee that you're going to win. And so if your goal is I have to win or this is a crappy tennis match, I shouldn't have even played. If that's your goal, then you're going to be disappointed and you're going to overly react one way or the other. Is that if your goal is to train as, as good as you can, practice as much as you can and give it as much effort as you can when you play, then that's the right goal. You're going to win a lot of the times when you do that, but you'll lose sometimes. But if you can leave that match, whatever the match is, in this case, he said a tennis match. If you leave that match, look in the mirror and go, I I prepared as well as I could. I I gave it everything I had. That's all you can ask for. And we live sometimes in this zero-sum game that's, that's sort of the way America is built. You, in order for me to win, you have to lose. And that just really reminded me to reframe some of these things in my mind of like, I do control how much effort I can put out in the morning. I do control when I get up and whether or not, like I didn't really feel like going out to to do the stairs this morning, but I put my sweatshirt on, put my headphones on and I went out there and did it. And I'm really glad that I did. And so controlling the things you can control and giving an honest effort, that in a sense, has become my own reward. Do you have any silver linings for 2020? Well, yeah, I do control forest fires, and I do control COVID-19. So I control a lot of things. Uh, Anyway, uh, I love what you just said. I don't want to add anything to it because I think it was brilliant, and I think we should just leave it right there. You were brilliant today. Debbie was brilliant today. 
and just having a really long hug with my son. Uh, That's what I needed today. So anyway, hugs to all of you, right, in the Ronda Foundation. Thanks for being a part of something bigger than yourself. If you need to get in touch with us, you can go to our website. It's ronanddonsitdown.com. And we're here to help you in real estate, or we're here to help you just on your life journey. Uh, in any way that we can serve you, uh, just let us know. How can you serve us? The show's free. Would you uh, just hit subscribe? That's number one. Number two, would you download the last five shows? Uh, that helps us. And number three, if you were to share this with a friend, and while you're sharing this with a friend, if you were to write a review, and so I really just gave you four things to do, but I disguised it as three. Hmm. People thinking three is not fours. I really, actually, I asked you to do five things. Go back, listen to the tape. Hey, this is one that you should share. This is this is a story that you may want to share, uh, especially what Debbie had to share today. We hope you'll do that. Head up, shoulders back. Love you guys. See you next time. Ron and Don show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don. <laughs> you good? Let's keep going. Oh.